successful without um, any question as to who the intellectual property of that new company belongs to. Okay, so that's that's something I do right before uh, we we jump ship. We so we look before we leap. Now let's say we've, we 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 are no longer employed, and we come. We I meet them, and they've got an idea. Typically, it's a business plan, and and uh, the technology hasn't yet been developed. And so the capital that you're going to require to develop that that technology is perhaps your own savings, uh, perhaps it's friends and family that will be um, uh, making investments. Um, probably not because of their assessment of the value of, of the business proposition, but because they want to support you. And typically the form of that capital uh, will be a, a convertible note or a safe, a simple agreement for future equity. And in limited circumstances, that might be a gift. Uh, it might be for common stock or it might be a loan. Um, and uh, the, the, the problem with a gift is that there are tax consequences to you and the company for receiving a gift. Um, and, and there is, of course, no upside for the family member who, who, or friend who's provided it. And so um, that's not always a great answer. And so uh, common stock is usually not a great answer because you're, you're then asked to price or, or put a value on the company uh, at the worst possible time when it effectively is worth hard to give it any value uh, when it hasn't yet developed a minimum viable product or, or proven out that the, the business proposition even works. Um, and so we tend to, uh, in the early stages of, of what I'll call friends and family or angel financing, uh, Vitaly, land on either the convertible note or the simple agreement for future equity, which I think was the thrust of your question. So I first want to talk about convertible note. This is uh, the time immemorial traditional way of financing the early stage company. And it says that in X number of years, the convertible note will become due. It has a maturity date. Um, it accrues interest um, so that uh, over time, it increases in, in value to the holder. Um, the interest is accrued to the principal upon conversion. Um, and it converts upon some minimum threshold of equity financing that you raised at a discount. Um, and the discount usually was 20%, and it could be lower or higher depending on the circumstances. So you used to have a 4% two-year convertible note with 20% discount on conversion. That was your middle of the fairway um, investment. And the problem was is that starting after the, the Great Recession of 2009, companies learned to grow and evolve um, in a very leanly capitalized basis. And those convertible notes stayed outstanding for longer than two years. It took more than two years, uh, by the way they were being operated, to get to that equity financing. And so um, a number of accelerators, uh, Y Combinator, 500 Startups, others, uh, came up with a couple of different products uh, to resolve that problem. And uh, Y Combinator came up with the, the, the product that has become ubiquitous and is now, um, I would say, more frequently used than the convertible note now in technology startup financings. And a simple agreement for future equity is neither equity nor debt. It does not have a maturity date. It does not have an interest rate. And it does not necessarily convert at a discount. And, and finally, it may, um, like a convertible note, uh, have a cap on the value upon conversion such that um, the, the uh, early stage investor can capture at least uh, upside above a certain amount, above 5 million, 10 million, whatever we say is the cap on value. Um, and so 
the convertible note or the safe are the are the two ways we typically finance early stage companies at formation. Now, if if the company comes to me and they've already got a minimum viable product, they've already raised a million or two million dollars of convertible notes or end safes, and they now have a product that's ready to be enter into commercial shipment, and what they need is now. Uh, seed capital that is going to help them scale to a Series A or Series A funding, um, either of these things, what I'll call as, as seed capital. Um, at that point, um, we may look to what is called Series Seed Preferred Stock, um, which is like a Series A light. Um, it it, uh, it it is essentially tries to capture all of the the uh, the components of a Series A financing with with minimal documentation. And uh, uh, a former lawyer named Ted, Ted Wang over at Fenwick uh, uh, invented this product and put it online. Uh, I think it's still on a website called SeriesSeedPreferred.com or SeriesSeed.com, the documents. And there's a very wide disparity in usage of those forms. And I would say that um, I, I see them used uh, less and less. Um, and I use, see, see people using more um, uh, Series A uh, documents even in a Series Seed uh, deal. Um, so those are the kind of the, the, the traditional early stages of capital. And then, um, Vitaly, when, when you have a, a company that is clearly proven that they have a product that has a problem, that has a solution and a fit in the market, so you've reached a certain amount of sales and you're ready to, to go for a Series A financing, uh, it used to be 10 years ago that that would have been a seed and it would have been up to five. And, and now I think Series A's are larger and they're at, 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 for companies at a later stage. You're going to go with National Venture Capital Association approved uh, Series seed or pardon me, Series A uh, preferred documents, um, which are extensive. Um, but but the industry is has uh, landed on what the forms look like and what the protections that investors get and really you're you're negotiating for valuation at this point and um, and control of the board. Um, I, I've gone perhaps deeper in the, into the answer than you intended. No, this is great. I think uh, when we publish this, uh, this is going to be a very popular startup legal 101 reference uh, is my hope. So I've had the opportunity to meet and train entrepreneurs in over 30 countries. I found that they're all pretty much the same, tireless, driven, irrationally optimistic. They may have different accents, but the challenges are always the same. And I wanted to make all of these secrets of Silicon Valley success available to anyone. Accelerated Startup is my blueprint for you to go from idea to product to company the next time you want to change the world. Make no mistake about it, if you're working on a problem worth solving, by definition, no one has ever done exactly what you're about to do. This book is filled with practical advice that comes from years of blood, sweat and tears in the entrepreneurial trenches. Accelerators and business schools use it as a textbook. Thousands of entrepreneurs have used it as their guiding light to get past the challenges faster. So you want my advice? Grab your ebook, hardcover, paperback, or audiobook version on Amazon or iBooks today. And then send me an email with your questions at asa at golem.net. I know you're not a patent attorney and uh, people, a lot of people don't understand the difference, but I wanted to touch on patents just a little bit because it is a question that comes up a lot in my practice uh, with folks. And when, in your opinion, when do founders need to start thinking about patents and when to spend money on patents? Great question. So 